It's the Men of Encouraging Podcast. This is a time for us to break bread. We hope that you enjoy this show. Let's get it. want to say what's up to everybody that is uh tuning into the show from youtube facebook and those of you who are listening watching this uh from spotify men of encouragement It's a minute of encouragement podcast, y'all. Want to welcome everybody to the Minute of Encouragement podcast. And we, uh, welcome to the Minute of Encouragement podcast. We have been, it's been a little while since we've gotten together and, um, we are back. And I want to say to you, um, if you have no idea who the Minute of Encouragement podcast is, um, we are just some men, uh, some men who love God, some men who want to, reach and connect to other men and to and, and hopefully uh to women and children as well but intentionally to men to speak to you to hopefully connect in a way to where you could be encouraged um and challenged in some way um but i am brother q i am uh, one of two of these hosts on this show and i gotta give a shout out to my faithful brother who loves the word of god brother dixon how are you this evening Fantastic. I'm just happy to be here after we've been gone for quite some time. I don't take it for granted that we're still here, that we remain to be able to do what we do to try to minister and be of service to, to everyone else. Absolutely. And, um, you know, since it's the Men of Encouragement podcast, we get to do whatever we want to do. And we're, before we get into the topic, I want to ask you, um, you know, today is Saturday and uh, it's college football day, you know. And I wanted to ask you, like, what are your thoughts about uh, my man Deion Sanders and what's going on with, um, you know, the work that he's doing. How do you see it? I mean, you've been a coach of men 
Um, but you've also have seen a lot of athletes and a lot of famous people, you know, kind of step out into the public arena to do a work of service. Um, just curious how you see it, because you are a man of wisdom and just wondering how you are liking or what do you want to see more of, of Dion? Well, <clears throat> it's always interesting. You know, the word talks about for such a time as this. And so for such a time as this, Dion is, is getting all the attention, all the accolades and all of the raves. He's getting both positive and negative. Uh, no matter what, you know, the, all the attention is really centered on him more so than even his team. <clears throat> and he and he's given his team a whole lot of recognition because of him. And so he has just been a humble servant. You know, I mean, he came from being a tremendous uh, defensive back in the NFL, you know, winning some Super Bowls and things like that. And then he pretty much left the scene. And then he came back on the scene to be a coach. And he went to a historical black college, which I'm really happy that he and pleased that he did that because uh, he once again came and gave back to to the African-American community. And he, he, he put them on the map. He put one team on the map already anyway. And then he decides to leave there and then go to Colorado. And, of course, he's going to get paid a sizable amount of money. But he also uh, took Colorado, who already had only won one game last year. They were 1-11. I mean, you know, he got three games already, you know, but they were 1-11, and all of a sudden he has three games already. You know, he was 3-0 and before he dropped it, uh, that shellacking to Oregon, and then he made a tremendous comeback today, you know, to uh, to make it very interesting against USC, who was really supposed to beat them like Oregon beat them. But, you know, they put up a good fight today. And Dion knows very well that you can't go from the historical black college to coming into a, um, you know, Division One program and, and have national championship players, you know. And, and, and if I can get specific, you can't have natural, uh, a national offensive and defensive line players because the game is one up front. Yeah. You know, now he, he, got, he got some national peripheral with the quarterbacks and the re receivers and running. He has all of that. But if you don't have no people up front, you're going to have a difficult time. He is leading, uh, I think, maybe the whole NCAA in being sacked, you know, because he don't have nobody up there to protect him. You know, and so he he has done a tremendous job for no protection to put up the numbers that he didn't put up. And then defensively, you know, they ain't big enough to get in there and cause no disruption to the quarterback or have running backs run over their little dudes that they have, you know. So 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 Dion know what he's up against. And uh, he he made a great statement. He said, everybody better get me right now, you know, while I'm in this state right now, because once I go ahead and get a chance to recruit what I need, in order for me to be the best I'm going to be, because he's saying I ain't the best I'm going to be right now. So I'm not overly concerned about what's going on right now. But so it's amazing how one person and you have all the coaches in the country right now in the NCAA and Dion has leapfrogged every single coach in the NCAA to have the focus be turned on him. You know, and he has said that everybody wants to beat me more than they want to beat my team. Yeah, yeah. So he has riled everybody up. Yeah, you know, um, for such a time like this, you know, Dion has been Dion his whole life. And so, you know, it's never it's it's interesting how when purpose comes into play 
in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, and it messes you up too. Cause even right now, as I'm even speaking about this, I get emotional thinking how, you know, God has moved in my life in certain times and places to where I'm like, man, how am I able to do this? And, and God says, I've been preparing you for this. There you go. <laughs> you know I mean? When I, when I, when I sent you this way and you went that way and when I, when you didn't want to go this way and I sent you anyway, when I, when you went through all these things and, um, and looking at Dion's overall career, being able to play two sports, um, and then just hearing a bit about like his testimony, his transformation, um, yeah, happened, yeah, yeah. you know, to me, you know, I just feel like he's embodying, um, what we're going to talk about today a bit too. It wasn't, this is not a conversation about Dion, but it's a, it's a conversation today, um, about the, you know, about the components <laughs> of, of manhood, I believe. And one of them, you know, we're going to get into today is about character, you know, um, you know, I feel like, you know, character is something, Brother Dixon, that we've kind of like um, watered down, you know, character is something that we've tried to manifest to a liking of man to where we can, you know, we can all kind of qualify, you know, on some scale or some report somewhere where character is something that, um, you know, it's an inside out thing. And, and from the inside, you know, my belief is that if it's not built on faith, you know, and of the things of God is, you know, it's not real character. And I believe Dion, you know, um, and like yourself and, you know, many other people that we can, you know, probably speak to um, has acquired, you know, the understanding and has done the work and has put in the trust and uh, to be able to be in a place at such a time uh, to be able to be the one. There's other men out there. You know, that's one of the things, too, that he's getting critiqued by even black people um, getting critiqued because he's getting the attention. And there are other black people and other even white people. And it's not a war. We're not, I don't want to like feed into the war between black and white, but there are other men and women who are, you know, who are of God, who are not getting the attention, but, mm -hmm. uh, but he's the one right now that, you know, God has chosen, um, you know, to be the, um, you know, to be the David or the Samson or whoever, he, you know, he is to be. Um, but yeah, character tonight is the conversation. Um, and I want to know, um, you know, Brother Dixon, uh, the title of the show today is called Character or a Role you're just playing. <laughs> so I like I, I like this because you know when you get into like the literal terms of like you know characters in a story, you know, um, and then we talk about manhood, you know, the role that you're supposed to play in your home, and you know when you get down into the definition of character, there's a you know there's a defining piece of it about you know the engraving, and I believe that you know character is something that is we're shaped into our character. We're molded, you know, into our character. It's not something that, you know, um, you know, I watch a movie with Denzel. He goes from, you know, all these different fantastic roles that he's played to, to an extreme opposite different to the, to the actual man that he is. And so character um, in today's context is going to, you know, we want to talk about um, from a spiritual uh, perspective Um Brother, what do you have to say today about, you know, character? And I think what I like to lead into is um, our segments. What does the word say? 
Amen. 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 Moderator, well, slide that up. There you go. Well, you know, um, one one of the things that you said, and, and, and it was profound, and I don't know if you remember, you just said it. Character is built. Okay. And, and I'm going to explain that a little bit more. But there's really, the, and you know, I like to keep things really simple. There's only really two types of character. Okay, I'm going to repeat that for people who didn't really hear that and don't believe that there's only two types of character. There's only two types of character. The first type of character is ungodly character. <laughs> and the second character is godly character. There's only two types of character. It's either it's godly or it's ungodly. It's very plain and simple. Now, I really want to work off of a couple scriptures today to prove my point. We got time today. Okay. Ungodly or bad character can be found in Galatians 5, 19 through 26. And I can read it. Galatians 5. Okay. 19 through 26 and it says the works of the flesh are evident okay which are adultery that's ungodly character fornication that's ungodly character uncleanliness lewdness idolatry sorcery Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Okay, so those are ungodly characters and, and probably somebody can find themselves somewhere in that list. Doesn't make you that person that makes the behavior that you exhibited. And if you came around to doing that on a regular basis, which I'll get to, then that becomes a character that you have. Okay, now godly character goes right down below that and is found in verse 22. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit, hmm. love, joy, peace, long suffering. Or I like to call it patience. A lot of people don't like long suffering. I say patient, but people don't like to suffer for a long time. So we'll just say patient for people who don't that want instant to gratification, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. right after that faithfulness gentleness and self-control okay those are godly characters that we're all supposed to be striving for because romans 5 5 says that the love of god is poured into our hearts by the power of the holy spirit we have to have the power of the holy spirit in order for us to be able to produce the fruit of the spirit that was just mentioned Out, outside of the holy spirit you will be unable to produce that type of character mm. and then finally what i'll say before we get into more detail 
when I counsel, I have dealt with the number one thing that you start with people on, and that is how do they feel? Their feelings, their feelings and their emotions. Okay. And that's really in the soul area. That's a soul arena. Because the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. It's, 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 it's your, your thinking, your feeling, and your choosing. That's your soul compartment. Okay. So I usually ask people, okay, where do feelings come from? Where do feelings come from? Well, feelings come from your thoughts. Good scripture, Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you are what you think. So it comes down to what are you thinking about? What have you been thinking about? And what have you been thinking about all your life? What are you thinking about now? And what are you thinking about for the future even? Because all of these things will have an impact on your feelings, your emotions. And then the next question I go to is where do your thoughts come from? And your thoughts come from three different things. It comes from sight. That's the reason why we got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because when we see things, we believe what we see. Right. We, right. Won't go off of, we won't go off of faith. We'll go off of sight. We'll go off of what we see. You know, men have a problem with sight. That's the reason why they put sight in front of men a lot throughout this world. You know, pornography and everything else because of how we love to see and how we love to look. Okay. And we have seen things all the way traumatically and as well as pleasure from the time that we were born up until today. Those things that we have seen in our life has an impact on how we think. Okay. Number two, here, what have we heard? You can talk to the baby in the, in the womb and they hear you. So we have heard everything from the womb all the way up until now. Good, bad, and ugly. We have been told that we're good. We have been told we've been bad. We've been told that we're ugly. We've been told that we're not smart. We've been told that we are smart. We have been said, told all types of things. Those things have an impact on how we think, which will impact how we feel. And then finally, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what you say has an impact on what you hear because you can hear what you say. You can even hear what you say even when you don't say it, when you think it. You can hear what you're thinking. <laughs> you're talking about yourself. And so that has an impact on how you think, which leads to how you feel. So here's the anatomy of life. The anatomy of life is what have you been exposed to in your life? Because whatever you've been exposed to, based upon what you have seen, based upon what you have heard, based upon what you have said, will have an impact on how you think. And now it's going to have an impact on how you feel. And then how you feel will now determine the decisions you make. You're going to make some decisions based upon how you feel. People love to say, don't make an emotional decision. Every decision is emotional. You're going to either make a, a negative or a positive emotional decision. And then after you make a decision, then that turns into action. You're going to get into acting. And then the, the worst thing that can happen when you start acting is that you do it over and over and over again, and it becomes a habit. Well, this is what leads to your character. The habits that you create leads to your character. Somebody say he's always late, or he always doing this, or he always doing that, or he never does this, or he never does that. Well, you do it so much that people now begin to say that is who you are. That is your character. 
you have gotten to your character and then your character leads to your destination and you're going to end up someplace based upon your character your character takes you to your destination so if you want to leave from where you are then you need to change your character which came from your actions that you need to change which came from your decisions you have to make some different decisions which now you have to deal with changing how you feel which means you have to change how you think and then it goes into what you expose yourself to and so you can do it godly or ungodly so if you expose yourself to godly things then you will have a godly exposure and the best exposure is god's word because you want to renew your mind because all of us already have been set and you said it earlier you got to build character and the building character comes from the word of god if you stay away from the word of god then you're going to have ungodly character because you're going to be exposed to ungodly things. You're going to be exposed to ungodly thinking. You're going to be exposed to having ungodly feelings. You're going to make ungodly decisions. You're going to you're going to do some ungodly actions. You're going to have some ungodly habits, and then you're going to have an ungodly character. And then you're going to lead. You're going to end up in an ungodly destination because that's where the devil wants you to be. In an ungodly situation, <laughs> no way out. Depression darkness um you're losing friends losing money um losing your health you know what i mean you get into this desperation you know i um I, I love the way you explain it real simply godly versus ungodly and i think with you know on the journey of just kind of trying to know who god is and trying to get an understanding of his word you know a lot of people have been lost by um religion and lost by uh, certain things that they're kind of been dwelling on certain particular, I don't understand this. I don't know enough of this and that. And it, and it feels like keeping it simple to understanding God and God's ways, right? Um, God's ways is love. God's ways are way higher than ours. He's, um, one of the things I thought about as you were speaking through those things is that, you know, at some point in time, we've done a lot of those things that are on that list of ungodly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it could have been in your teens, right? It could have been in, in the 20s. Uh, it could have been last night. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, you know, that gets me is a lot of people will feel ungodly, mm -hmm. you know, because that, that character, you know, it, it will influence your thinking, right? All the things you said, it influences what you, your life experience. And I just wonder, like, how do you get out of that, right? How do you get out of the ungodliness? Because, you know, the character that you build, I say, I say that I believe this. I believe that in loving God and trusting God, there's some things that he starts to give you tools to, to shield you and to protect you and to enlighten you that when you're making these choices and decisions that you still have to make, right? Like there's not like this fantasy world that you go into because you're in the spirit, but you go, you're, we're still here in this world, but we have tools, right? We have understanding. You have this empowerment that you don't have. And so I'm just, I'm wondering about the person who, who struggles, who feels ungodly, right? Who feels like they have a lack of character because some won't say that they do, but you know, because you have, you know, you're still wrestling with the ungodly behaviors, you know, that you've had. Um, and how do you get 
how do you get out of that? Because a lot of times that's keeping people from godliness because they feel so ungodly. So you almost perpetuate, especially in your thinking, more ungodliness. <laughs> well, you 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 kind of leading into uh, the series that I'm going to be doing on understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so those who are listening right now get a chance to get a little sneak preview of that, uh, particularly Marlene. She's who's going to be dealing with this. So she'll be a, she'll be a little uh, legs up on, on on some of her uh, other others classmates. But first of all, only God. And when he sent Jesus are godly. OK, so nobody on their own behavior can be godly. Hold up. So let's have a conversation because I'm just thinking about just the regular man every day. Right. Right. You know, I um, I gave money to the person on the corner of the street. Right. Because mm-hmm. right when I get off to go to church, there's like people always there with the sign up. Um, I'm you know, I'm kind to people. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, you know, a lot of people think they're good. Like they go to church and they try not hey. to. Okay, this is what the word says about it. They don't there was money. A, a rich there was a rich young ruler who came up to Jesus <laughs> and called him good. And Jesus said, You calling me good? He said, So you must think then that I'm God because there ain't nobody good but God. So 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 good acts and good deeds. See, I tell people. There's, there's either good things or there's God things. You don't do good things, you do God things. So you can do good things that's not of God and it ain't no good. <laughs> okay? And Jesus came around and told him what would be good if you really believe that I'm Jesus. I need to have you go do these things and then the young man didn't necessarily want to go do those things and so he said, oh no, no he he lacked wanting to go to heaven because he, he he valued his possessions a whole lot more than he valued Jesus, okay? So now, one of the things I want to tell you is that people want to equate their behavior and what they do to who they are, okay? I repeat, if you want to get into personal, what you do, self-performance, you know, uh, try, trying to earn, deserve and warrant your way to heaven it ain't working because once adam sinned he undid all of us being able to work our way into heaven so there's no act that you can do that's why it's a difference between good works and dead works we were created for good works that's in ephesians 2 and 9 we were created for good works but we cannot do work in order for us to be saved So once Adam blew it for us, God sent Jesus to take our place. In other words, he came to make him, and you can find this in in, um, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and and 19. In fact, let's go there. You know, might as well take our audience there. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. I think it's very important for them to see this. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse um, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. And it reads this. For he, God, made him, Jesus, who was without sin, 
to become sin for us because we're sinful. There's no way in the world that we can undo being a sinner once Adam sinned. Once Adam sinned, he cast that curse upon all of mankind. And the, and the big sin that he did caused God to leave him because he was going to live forever. God told him he could live forever until he sinned. Once he sinned, God separated from him because God and sin don't get along. And so God now separated from Adam. And so now Adam now is sent, you know, is without God. He is spirit. You know, I call his God spirit had left him. So he is spiritually dead. And so his spiritual death caused every one of us and mankind to be spiritually dead, meaning separated from God. And so God sent Jesus in this scripture who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become righteous mm. of God in Jesus. So Jesus came to make us righteous when, that, when we weren't right. We could not do a behavior. We could not do an act. It's no different than the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross did not go to church. He didn't do no praying. He didn't do anything. And he was made righteous right on the spot because he believed in Jesus. Amen. Okay, so now we cannot be trying to do all of our good works to try to be made right with Jesus. We are made right with Jesus when we believe in Jesus. Jesus has become our righteousness. We're righteous because of Jesus without behaving that way, without even doing anything. And our biggest problem is we don't believe that. We believe our behavior determines our actions. And our behavior never determined our actions. The only behavior that we have to deal with is receiving Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Once we believe that, then we will begin to start acting who we our new identity is. It's something that we work out. It's something that we build. It's something that the Holy Spirit is working in us for us to be able to do what pleases God. But we don't believe it when we say, okay, I did something bad yesterday. I did. And the devil's job is to accuse you, to take you to court and accuse you in front of God about your behavior and what you did. But Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is our defense attorney who stands up and says, no, your honor, I have taken care of that. Amen. And you so know, this man is innocent and he can go free. But, but the devil's job is to make us not believe that. Romans 8 1 says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We don't believe that. We allow our behavior and our actions to determine our identity when our identity has been determined already about our receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so now we are already perfect to go to heaven. We wouldn't be able to get into heaven if we hadn't been made perfect. But we've only been made perfect in our spirit. We have not been made perfect in our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion. So that way, that's why we have to renew our mind. We have a brand new spirit, and now we have to change our soul by renewing our mind with the word of God so that our spirit and our soul can become aligned with one another. Hey Amen. You know, um, I'm just thinking about that ungodliness. Um, got to see yourself in the ungodly ways that you we are. Because in order for us to be able to even identify as this part of me is ungodly <laughs> we can't get to the godly and and the, and the godliness of what god would have us to do is for us to be able to see to be identify it and to acknowledge it come before the father with the, it's called repentance and that's where i'm going as you get into that to be able to see yourself in that and know that you are not alone 
identify yourself in it. The all the you know you rewind it back and hear all the list of things because that list that you gave for ungodliness was a lot longer <laughs> than the godly. And we could probably add some more things around you know what is oh, love. Oh yeah, there's, right? there's, there's more. There's um, more around that. But I, but I, I think I believe that the ungodly peace, knowing where you're ungodly, knowing where you have your transgressions, where knowing the things that, that are going against God's word, knowing that, seeing it, seeing yourself in it, identifying it, that is your opportunity to be able to now go before the Father, and ask, you know, for that forgiveness. Because the reality of it is, is that the way that we carry the mistakes, right? What the enemy is, what he spoke about the enemy, the enemy is getting us to believe we are our mistakes, you know? And that is contrary to what the whole like premise of Jesus Christ and our salvation. So we are not our, our mistakes because of Christ. And oh, yeah, we're he for- took it away. He took care of it. He, and-, and we got to believe that. So when we sin after sin has been taken care of by Jesus, Yes. That's the reason why I say we repent, because our repentance now is not to, re- to ask for forgiveness because we have already been forgiven. And that's where we make the mistake. We have already been forgiven. We've been forgiven for our past, our present and our future sins. All sins have been taken care of already. Now, does that give us a license to sin? No. Titus 2 tells you that the Holy Spirit is working in you to teach you to deny ungodliness. Yeah. Yeah. To deny ungodliness, to deny worldliness. And so now self. it comes down to whether or not we're willing to do that because we don't have to do what the Holy Spirit is prompting and urging us to do. He's trying so, to heal us. He's trying to take it away. So if you can you see go. yourself in it, there I guarantee you if you look at if you can see the list and you see yourself in the ungodliness in you, right? That's your sign to know that I need Jesus. Yeah. Because it does, you know it doesn't feel good. It there does not go. feel good to be ungodly. And God made if us you, that way. If you really have the Holy Spirit in you, you ain't gonna feel good about and it. And that's how I know this. I know <laughs> I know that I've come to Christ like in from an ungodly place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come to Christ in an ungodly place when you've been struggling, you've been trying to be, you know, your own will trying to do things. And so in that place where you're like, you see yourself in here and how what you did, what what have been your habits, right? What are you yep. been building? We're talking about you're gonna build a character. You know what I mean? But what are you building? Some kind of character. Some kind yeah. of character, right? Like there's some kind of spirit, right? When we talk about the spirit, all these spirits are not all good spirits. And so when you look at what you're building, what have you been building? What has been manifesting in the way that you live? And if ungodliness is, is much of what you've lived in, compared to your godliness by way of the scripture, not by what I have to say, right? By Amen. just way of the Amen. scripture. Amen. Then Amen. that lets us know, like, you know what? I need a little bit more time with the Lord because I'm... You know, some of the things, some of the wrongs, you don't even think that are wrong because we ain't spent time, spent time with God. And the enemy is allowing you to believe that you've been self-willing. Two things, hardworking men, right? We sacrifice, we work, you know, we can be working at home and away from, you know, um, family and spending all of our time working. The hardworking mother, the independent woman who has done all these things to, you know, take care of her family, um, we will see that as at times as somebody who has high character. And when you read this back and we talk about what is character in, in the eyes of God, the answer is no, those, those things are all good things, but it's why do you do those things? You know what Motive. I mean? 
the motive. It's the why. What is the motive? What is the motive? The motive behind it. The motive behind it is where we're trying to get to about where the character, because are you good? Jesus said, nobody's good, but the father. Yeah, nobody good. So when mm -hmm. I'm looking at, I'm looking at character, I'm like, who are you? And a lot of us think that we are good, like that we have high self, like our character is, we have high character. But when we really look in the mirror, we really look in the mirror, we got some stuff that we still trying to work out. You know what I mean? You got somebody right now that you need to forgive, right? In such a way, like sometimes you, you still need to have boundaries and those types of things, but there's somebody that is ailing you and you're and now your new relationships, right? They're ailing you right now. There's something about the way that you think. He said renewing your mind because of some things that have happened to you and some things that you have done, which is crazy. When you wrong somebody, that'll mess you up because now you're looking over your shoulder, can't trust people because of the type of thing you don't know what's in the motive of other people's heart because of you but god takes that away from you right god will take that away from you because he's godly he's whole he's pure and so i i'm looking at you know are our ways of what we think and what we you know in this natural world you know esteeming hard work right which and sometimes your work and your independence can become an idol right and that go. to me not to me character is not from that so you have to really like really check your heart because if it's not onto the lord if it's not because of god gave me this and i'm doing these things onto the lord um we can oftentimes be leaving of ourselves as doing good and being righteous and we are all the way what you talked about before we are in our feelings and emotions heavy you know what i mean and the, and the feelings and emotion are leading you and not the holy spirit well you know we talk about motives our motive for living. If he left us stay here after we have received Jesus, and even those who haven't got a chance to see Jesus yet, our motive is for us to be like Christ. Amen. From the very beginning, God made us to be like him and do like him. And when Adam blew it, he sent Jesus for us to act like him and be like him because Jesus is God in the flesh. And so now we have a a mandate to be like Jesus. So now the question becomes, how far are you away from being like Jesus? Because that is the motive. Your motive is to be like Christ and Christ and his word are one and the same. So you cannot know Christ and not know his word. You know, they, they one and the same. So if you don't know the word and you ain't spending time in the word, you ain't spending time with Christ because our biggest problem, especially for believers, because we know about unbelievers, but the biggest problem for believers is not believing. <laughs> I repeat, the biggest problem for believers is not believing. And what we don't believe is to walk by faith and not by sight, because we have a very difficult time in believing in someone and having a relationship with someone who we don't see. And God and Jesus are people. They think, they feel, they have, and the Holy Spirit also, they are people. But they're people who you don't see. And we have a problem with what we don't see. We, we'll go off and forget about somebody who we don't see. We do it in the natural. When we don't see somebody, we go off and forget about them. Okay? But see, we forget that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. So he's always around. Yeah. And we don't acknowledge him as being around because we don't see him. And then we want to feel him. You know, 
Joe, Joe went through a whole bunch of not seeing and not feeling and not knowing, and God was there the whole time. You know, you can't go nowhere where God is not. He's always here. He's always around. Religion is people who are trying to do something to get to God. Christianity <laughs> is a personal relationship with God. And most people don't have that personal relationship in order for them to deal with those ungodly traits that they need to have the Holy Spirit work in them to remove them one by one, peeling them back, layer after layer. And everyone has their own issues to deal with. It's not a general thing. It's an individual specific thing, a relationship that you have to develop with him to deal with that. And if you don't think he's paying attention to you, if you don't think he knows about what you're doing, if you think that you're sneaking and creeping and, and he ain't aware of every single thing you're doing, everything that you're thinking about, I mean, then you, you know, the Bible says, don't, you know, he's not mocked. Yeah. You know, you cannot deceive him. He already knows. Yeah. And so you don't believe. You got to believe. An unbeliever, first of all, don't believe in God. So we have to pray for their salvation. Well, let me ask you this, because um, I'm still trying to I'm just thinking about the person who is like trying to get it like I'm I want character. How do I get it? How, how do I and can I change my character? And so one of the questions I want to ask you um, if you can give, you know, a response to this is about self-discipline. Um, can you have character without self-discipline? Well, I gave you the scripture. The last fruit of the spirit is self-discipline. It's self-control. <laughs> so you can't have discipline and self-control apart from God, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. See, our whole thing is wanting to do without God. You can't do anything without God. Jesus says that we are the branch and he is divine. So, so I tell everybody, repeat after me. I'm a branch. <laughs> okay. I'm a branch. And a branch can't do nothing apart from the vine. Amen. And we have too many people trying to, to do things, <laughs> being a branch, apart from the vine. He says, without me, you can do nothing. So if you want to be able to do what you're asking, you have to be connected to the vine. And so now the only way that the Holy Spirit can work on you is for you to believe because faith without works is dead. The Holy Spirit does only reacts to the word of God and he does not do anything until the word of God. And in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Holy Spirit hovered waiting for God to say something for him to do. And in verse three, it says, God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit made light. Amen. But until God said it, the Holy Spirit wasn't going to do it. So likewise, with every one of us, until we speak the word of God, say the word of God, and say what Jesus says, the Holy Spirit ain't going to respond and react to the supernatural that will take place as a result of that. And that comes from believing. We won't do and we won't say God's word because we don't believe it. Amen. You know, this... Um this this bible right it tells us it gives us everything that we need right mm -hmm. and sometimes when i read it and been reading it it um it said so many things that i didn't see the 10 times before mm -hmm. and then i'm i'm still thinking about application like how do i do this thing right so i the scripture that i'm just going to read 
um, and I shared this with you earlier, Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. uh, chapter 4. And Ephesians, you know, um, Paul's giving information, I think, to us about, you know, husbands and wives and children, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Keep this one. Keep the family yeah. structure. Yeah. And so this one for me, um, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger mm-hmm. by the way you treat them. Mm-hmm. Rather, bring them up with In the abolition. discipline. Mm-hmm. and instruction that comes from the Lord. And so I, when I read the scripture, I was thinking, man, how are you going to do that? <laughs> do that well and do that with integrity, right? Because character without integrity is not character. Um, and this is saying rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So there's, there's a need for us, essential need for us to have a relationship with the father relationship with his word and in relationship with the son <laughs> um, to be able to do these things. But I, I look at just practical, right? Like I'm a father and children are difficult. They're challenging. Anybody who has a teenager or ever had a teenager and even adult children are difficult. And so I had 41 years of them. Okay. <laughs> I have 41 years of, of, of teenagers. I've worked with 41 years of teenagers. Are they challenging? Of course, they're, they're no child. But once again, forty-one years of them, they were no different from one to the ne- to the other. So, okay, that's a stage in life. Naturally, and I'm just thinking from my from my human side. Um, children it says, "Do not provoke your children to anger to by the way you treat anger. them." Yes. Right. Right. And there's the part of disciplining them. There's the other part of being upset and disappointed by them. Right. And, you know, I know that there are folks who speak to their kid, their children, like they talk to somebody off the street. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so because yeah. he says, do not provoke your children to anger, meaning yeah. you want to have this right relationship with your child. And I and I, I read on and rather bring them up with the discipline. And it's okay. how, how do I so, how, do, what, how do I get this discipline and how do I. Okay. So so let me ask you a question. Does God do that with us? Absolutely. Okay, then. So now we know that that's it's godly. Amen. Amen. So, okay. so, 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 so first and foremost, so first and foremost it's got to be godly. So now let me give you a scripture to correspond to what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Because first and foremost, before I give you the corresponding scripture, first and foremost, the Bible speaks to the, to the, to the father being the one who is the priest in the household. Amen. Period. And so he's responsible for raising the children but but everyone got it twisted and got it worldly thinking that the wife is the one the mother is the one that's supposed to be raising the kids that scripture right there don't say don't it clearly tells you about the father is supposed to be the one that's doing it okay so now let me give you a corresponding scripture okay i'm ready it's found in proverbs and and you've heard it it says train up your child Mm. in the way that he's supposed to go because he's going to depart that's teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to depart. But then when he returns, then he will go in the way of the Lord. So now that seed has to be planted because they're going to rebel. They're going to resent. They are going to 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 to, to have wrath. They're going to have anger. They're going to say, I don't I don't like you. I hate you. Uh, you, you don't want me to have fun. You, you don't do this and that. They're going to do all of those things. 
And the Bible says you're supposed to train them up to know who God is. Because the sooner they know who God is, the sooner they get the Holy Spirit in them. When you have a kid that don't have the Holy Spirit in them, then you have an ungodly kid that you're trying to bring up. And so the most important thing that a father is supposed to do as a priest is to get their kids saved and know who Jesus is. Just like they're supposed to do for any other person who they come in contact with. Amen. It don't change for your kids. You're in the household. You're closer with them. They're supposed to see you being a godly man. They're supposed to see you having the Holy Spirit working in you. They need to see all the things that's happening in you so that when they come and return back to what they've seen, then they'll remember that this is what my dad did. But when they at the age of adolescence, oh, all bets are off. So that's why you have to, before they become an adolescent, you have to have plant the seed on fertile ground so that when they go into orbit and I tell I mean, I've been working with parents of teenagers for 41 years. I say they, they're in orbit right now. They have. So what did you do before they went into orbit? <laughs> because they got to have some place to land and return to. And they need to return back onto the ground that will be safe footing in the Lord. Amen. Very plain and simple. Yeah, you know, um, this this scripture to me, when I was reading it, um, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And then speaking about character, I'm thinking about how um, how do you get it? And like we have to we men, women, like we have to have a really um, intimate and close relationship with our father and the word. There you go. Like a lot of us are parenting, you know, a lot of folks will say like, you know, you did the best you could do with what you knew at the time. This is true. But there's this word that's telling us the instructions that comes from the Lord. And so some of this, some of this conversation about character and how do we get it, you know, this having this right relationship with the, with the, with the word and with, with God is challenging us and transforming us when we look at our ungodliness you know some of these ungodly things in our lives that you know that we haven't you know we're still struggling with or, or where where is that being seen by your child that you know the removal of that i'm thinking about the influence of character right and how this this like these things when you read the scripture sometimes it sounds simple like it sounds like okay what the, the instructions but the application because that kid is here and there and everywhere or that family member, right? But speaking of a father, you're challenged because you might still have some stuff that you might still be holding on to. You ain't been praying. And kids know it. You ain't been all my high school kids came in and they, they talk about all their parents. They talk about, I thought my parents was God until I found out that they not God. Yeah, because, they smoke. You know, they, they got issues. They, 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 they do it. So they, they see their behavior and everything. And so they disappointed in their parents, okay? So now here, here, here's the thing. And um, you can write the scripture down. Or you can go to it. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. And it says, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Yeah. And so that means that a man has to deal with his source in order for him to deal with the fact that he himself is a work in progress. See, you cannot try to fool anybody about you have arrived when you have not arrived. You said, as I, you know, I mean, and I, and I like uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 11. 
is my favorite one of my favorite scriptures for my boys and men program. It yeah. says, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things." And so they have to understand that they they are at a stage of development where they have to work on putting away those things, and they have to also know that we have not arrived yet either, and we're still putting away childish things. Mm. Okay. And so here's the other thing that goes to that. It's very important for us to understand that we have been delivered from the penalty of sin. We have been delivered from the power of sin, but we have not been delivered from the presence of sin. The reason why Adam and Eve sinned because they had the presence of sin. There's no presence of sin in heaven. We would not be tempted to sin because, you know, all it ain't no sin in heaven. That's why God booted them right on out of there because there ain't no sin here. And so, and while we still here in this world, we are filled with the presence of sin. And so we are going to be tempted to sin. We will not be totally perfect until we are with Jesus and he returns. Then we'll be perfect. Other than that, we're a work in progress and we have to communicate to our kids that we have an enemy. Our enemy is self. Our enemy is Satan. Our enemy is the world. There's a world system out there that's going to have an impact on you. It has an impact on me. I'm still having to undo all the damage that has been done to me. You have to speak to your kids this way. You have to speak to them that greater is he that will be in you than he that's in the world for you to be able to combat all these things in the world. This world has a major grip on how we think, what we do, what we say, and has an impact on our ungodliness because the world is, is controlled by an ungodly person. And so if we don't communicate that to our kids, then they don't have a fighting chance paying attention to what they are up against and you're letting them know that you're still up against the same thing also even though we are ambassadors for christ we're still in this kingdom of darkness we're still in this kingdom of worldliness we're still in this kingdom of ungodliness that we ourselves too have to struggle to overcome and we're a work in progress amen so that's just being transparent and so now they get a chance to deal with the fight and the battle also. So now when things come up, you get a chance to point to that. See, this is what I was telling you about. You know, so you, you see. And when you fall, you get a chance to say, yeah, I succumbed to what I was talking to you about. That I'm still going through. Okay. You know, because nobody's going to be complete until we with Jesus. So everybody's going to be incomplete. So everybody is walking. Everybody got their own walk. Brick by brick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you, you let them know where your walk is at right now and that they need to begin their journey in their walk. I've got a few um, qualities of of character um, or ways that we can maybe measure ourselves with those around us. But man's intellect, um, his thoughts, his ideas, his motives, his intentions, his temperament. I talk about that all the time, how he's behaving and acting, how he's responding good news or bad news, um, is judgment, um, behavior. These are all things. If you want to be on the right side of God, that we have to have this right relationship, his imagination, right? You know, is it full of fear? And, you know, is there limitations to his imagination? Um, emotions and his loves, the things he loves, the who he loves, and how he loves, and then also what he hates, <laughs> what he hates. And so these are these are some qualities of of character that 
um, really help to kind of determine, you know, is this a, you know, is this a godly or ungodly, you know, person and situation? And even when you're doing business, you know, you're doing business and you're thinking about, should I go into business with this person? You know, um, make sure whatever you do, that it lines up with God and you, you know, opportunity or financial gain isn't a bigger priority than what you are trying to gain in the kingdom. Um, the Bible says those who live godly will suffer persecution. So now will you be willing to be persecuted okay. when you stand for God versus going with the world way of doing things? Yeah. And, and that's character. That, yeah. That's character too. Well, I mean, the other thing too is like, you know, we being admired, right? Like these are all these, you know, you could try to be a, you know, a do-gooder for do-gooder's sake. And I, I pray that your, you know, that what you want is to be, you know, your faith and your love, you know, for, for God to your family to be what is, you know, admired, but not necessarily you and the esteem, you know, because self-discipline, God, this is how like prosperity happens in the kingdom. Amen. Like living a disciplined life to living according to God's word. There's prosperity. There's, there's things that, you know, cups that will overflow, putting in the work and dedicating it, you know, dedicating all this work to God, like that's going to happen. But my hope is that, you know, for my own self, even is it's that, you know, whatever, you know, whatever success comes out of this life that, uh, that I may be remembered for um, love and trust and faith. We talked about building um, character and I believe that, you know, we talked about Proverbs um, three, five and six, that mm -hmm. trusting in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. There's sometimes you got to trust in the Lord. We talked about patience earlier that that waiting on the Lord, you know, builds character. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's some things about your temperament, you know, about peace. You know, do you have peace? Um, you know, do you have the peace of God. Do you have the peace of God? Peace of God. See, the there's no other peace. The world, there's no other peace. peace that the world gives you. Yeah. <laughs> there's only the one peace. peace. There's yeah, the only one that surpasses peace. all understanding. Yeah, do you have do you have the, the peace that I think is in Isaiah that as you, you will have perfect peace Amen. if your mind is stayed on Jesus? Okay. You know, do see here's the thing: all of this comes back to something we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. Are you humble? Okay, because Jesus was humble. Jesus did not come to serve. He can't, he, 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 he didn't, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And, and uh, so he said, let this mind be in you. See, before Jesus, God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. That's in Isaiah 55. But after the cross, it says, we have the mind of Christ now. Okay, because Christ is in us. We have the mind of Christ. And so it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians 2, verse 5. And it says, this is the mind that Jesus had, who being in the form of God, did not consider it to be robbery to be equal to God. So Jesus was God in the flesh. He was equal to God. But he submitted to God, the Father, being equal to him. Just like we ask wives to submit to their husbands, being equal to them, because there's an order. And then it says, Jesus made himself of no reputation. He didn't run around and say, I'm God, you know, that, that uh, you know, I can do this, I can do that. He made himself of no reputation. Just like you were talking about, a lot of people want to have reputation. They want to be known. They want to have this and they want to have that. People know them and everything else. They want to have, rep it says, Jesus made himself of no reputation. And he was God. And then he said he took on the form of a servant. Okay. 
So he came to serve. Right now, people frown on somebody who wants to be a servant. Okay? But God loves a servant, a servant's heart. And then thirdly, he came in the likeness of man. He really humbled himself coming in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance of man. That's humbling to be God and be and, and be and be and be a person that now I can die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then he was obedient to the point of death, to, to, to the cross. And so God exalts those who humble themselves in due time. The Bible says God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble and he will exalt them in due time. Now, due time is that his time after he has developed you and shaped you and did the things that he did to you. So now that already you're ready for the time that he really have for you to be exalted. Yeah, this is um, I think um, we had a couple of scriptures that you that you recommended. I'm going to have uh, the moderator. Um, do you want to speak to the scriptures that you have? All scripture is given by inspiration of God mm -hmm. and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's right. Second right. Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Right, right. You know, all scripture, every single thing. You know, everybody want to question, know, who wrote the Bible and everything else like that. Right here, it tells you that all scripture comes from God. It comes from the, through the Holy Spirit, you yeah. know. And so, so that's why we want to look at it that way versus the men who wrote the Bible. They didn't, they didn't come up with that on their own. Yeah. They did not come up with that, come in with that one on their own. But see, now you got to believe, you know, if God is able to influence somebody. And I always say, is the devil able to influence you? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, so so none of this, none of this would be um, worth anything at all if it was not, um, you know, if we didn't read the word and didn't have the context um, to speak to character. You, talk, you talked about Jesus and all the things that he did and he does. If you look at Jesus and all the things that he does and he did, like the the highest esteem of character is like written all over the man of God. Like, Amen. I mean, everything that he did, spoke, touched, um, the way that he handled even the people that were trying to kill him, right. um, his, you know, his modesty, right? Knowing who he is, right? We, we're struggling with identity. And I'm like, Jesus shares in so many different ways, you know, how we are to be and can be. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the encouragement, you know, in the scripture um, is to read the word, to get an understanding so that you're not just operating um, based on the title says you're just not just not role playing, you're not just being a man. Right. You're not just being a woman. Right. You're not just being a father based on what the world says that you have context. Right. He's giving you he's giving you the tools. And some of us need still need work on our hearts to really deal with, you know, the leadership in our family. Um, the character is something that will influence our your home. And even if the other person that you are dealing with is not where you're at and you are poised in your faith, um, you can influence your home through your character 
God taught us. I like for you to put godly character in front of that because there's only two characters. You say, you say, right. when you say godly character, it, it, ma it makes it different when you say godly character because people have two kinds. They can bring ungodly character. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. don't want to have that got, kind of you character. You got OQ. Yeah, OQ. You know what I mean? <laughs> o, OQ. We don't want OQ. You know what I mean? Um, we want brother Q. You know? Um, so, so you are absolutely right. Godly character. And, you know, and there's a bit of. You know, here's a here's the thing too. I'll say this because I need it for myself. Is go on and own that, own the ungodliness, and then own there the godliness you go. of yourself as well. You know there what I mean? Go. Those things that you have repented and that you have come to understanding, and now that the way that you live, claim that I'm godly in this way. I can't do this because I'm godly. I don't even think that way because the godliness mm -hmm. in me, because I gave that away to the Lord. I used to be this yeah, that, right. Claim you your go. godliness. Claim it. Because it'll help yeah. you to be, it'll help you to, it'll help to remove the stain of some ungodliness that you still might be clinging on to. Um, yeah. So let's, let's not perform. Let's just do what the word says, brother Dixon. Can we, can Amen. we, and, and sometimes you need to get into the fellowship. Um, mm -hmm. Brother Dixon, we're going to be wrapping up. I want you to share what's going on in Portland um, coming up here in the next couple of months. Cause you know, we're in that season, the holiday season. And I pray that everybody is, um, you know, is safe and well. There's the, you know, all the craziness and economics and jobs. And, you know, we all have unmet needs, but there are some who have greater unmet needs than we. So can you kind of share what's happening on November 19th? Yeah, November 19th is uh, when the men come together and, and go downtown and we do an annual donation to the homeless downtown. And uh, it started off with us just, you know, bringing gloves and, and scarves and, and beanies, you know, and uh, and that was many years ago when we started doing that. It has grown to where socks is very important, you know, and in fact, mo there's women down there also. And so they usually want the men's socks. They don't even want the women. I mean, I don't even think we need to bring women's socks because they want the thick men's socks. And so we, we bring socks down there, blankets. They want to have blankets down there. Uh, we also bring food. Sometimes people go buy McDonald's or Burger King or someplace like that and pick up a bunch of burgers. And, you know, they, they are forever hungry down there and, and really want a meal. And uh, we have have brought in all type of food down there for them during that time period. But it's really uh, a great opportunity to fellowship with the men. You know, even though we're taking care of the homeless and we're giving giving them things that they need, we also have an opportunity to fellowship with one another and to serve with one another. And uh, we have had men bring their boys. Uh, you know, of course, you have been one of them. And uh, and so it has grown uh, each year and all are welcome. If you're a man, you have a boy or what have you, you know, you're welcome to come down uh, Sunday, November 19th. And uh, we usually meet down on the corner of Second and Burnside. At, uh, and this year it'll be at two o'clock. Uh, and mind you, we brought that up on on uh, last week, Q, because we're talking about giving the West Side people more time uh, to be able to make it. So we want to try to accommodate the West Side. So we're moving it to two o'clock versus one. And uh, so it, it promises to be a great, great time of fellowship and serving um, those who are less fortunate. Amen. Amen. You know, and I've, I've enjoyed myself. Um, I if you are somebody who goes to church. Um, and everybody's somewhere on the spectrum, so don't be discouraged by this. Um, if you're someone who goes to church and you haven't been reading your Bible, right? Or you're not in a Bible study, you're not in a, in a group, um, that's another step for you to take instead of just going to church. One of the things that 
one of the things that will help you in your faith is when you are actually what you are learning, what you are trying to apply when you are wanting to give that away and when you are serving. So the opportunity to, to serve will uh, remove a veil <laughs> over your own eyes, the one one that you cannot see until you see um, those who God is with. Like one of the things when I'm out there that I've seen is I've just seen a level of gratitude and grace and um, just just a, a level of just thankfulness that I don't see, you know, any place else at that level, even in some churches, just saying. Mm -hmm. And there are some godly people that are on the street as well. Like there are some godly people who know God's word, who um, are blessing you when you're out there. So it's an opportunity for to be uh, moved, um, to allow the Holy Spirit to move in you um, and also through you. So I just recommend that. And I am, um, you know, another little one, too, is underwear because we're going into the cold season. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever that God places on your heart. There are some people once you start to get involved in the serving, you start, you know, you're bringing things that we didn't even mention. You know, and bring right, it and, right. and bring it because it's um, always a good time. I brought my son and um, and I just think because we live in this day and age, Brother Dixon, that um, we have a lot more now today than what was given to us as we were, you know, being raised. Amen. And so I think it's good for you, no matter where you are on the spectrum financially, um, to invite your you know children. We all go out in groups, you know, try to go in a we go out in a, a safe manner and we're only out there for a couple hours. If, if that, that's a good time. So, Amen. 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 well, we are, uh, we're going to be getting out. We are the men of encouragement podcast. There are many more of you. Um, we thank you always for tuning in and, and listening to us on Spotify, Apple music and audible, all the different platforms. And then those of you on that are on YouTube and Facebook that watch this, we thank you for watching and being tuned in. Um, this is definitely men of encouragement. Um, we can be found on all the, on the socials like Instagram, please, uh, like, and follow us on, on our Instagram. Our hope is to be able to just connect with you in a way that is, uh, encouraging. We want to encourage people. The men of encouragement podcast, Amen. real Amen. simple. <laughs> we want nothing else from you, um, but for you to be encouraged. And, um, we, we, we love God. We love Jesus. We love his word. And, um, you know, and we pray that, you know, something was said and, and her, I took a lot of notes. It's crazy when you do a podcast, you think that you're on the podcast, but no, God's like, no, you're on the podcast and you're still listening to me. <laughs> He's like, I'm with you wherever you go, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so really thankful for this time, Brother Dixon. you have any uh, final words before we sign off? Uh, no, just uh, God bless everyone. And, uh, you know, everyone has a relationship with someone, but you really have to believe in that relationship of the unseen. You know, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, you have to really believe. It's very difficult to believe. It's, it's a challenge to believe. And uh, even for believers, it's a challenge for us to believe. You know, the favorite scripture for me is, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. So we have to ask God to help us with what we doubt, you know, what we fear, what we don't trust. And uh, either you're going to be in faith or you're going to be in fear. And uh, love cast out all fear. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we um, we definitely appreciate again all of you. Um, this is a blessing um, to again to just open up a microphone and just talk with you. And thank you for watching this. No matter how long, how far you watched into this, we thank you. Um, and we also look forward to seeing you all soon. And uh, be sure again to to follow us and look for a minute of encouragement on all your social platforms. We 
God bless you. And we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Peace.